Howdy, folks, and thanks for tuning in to another edition of TGC Midweek. Jacob and Michael back with you on the pod, continuing our series on the spiritual disciplines. Michael, today, diving into the topic of hospitality, Mm -hmm. and I hear you had some hospitality at your place (laughs) yesterday. Yep, some hospitality with a bunch of uh, 10 to 12-year-old boys over for my son's birthday party, playing basketball in what felt like 111-degree heat. That Mm. was, uh, what do they call that, the heat index? The heat index. At the time they were playing. And uh, on top of that, they put down a few bags of uh, potato chips, a few bags of candy, a couple dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Jeez. And 125 chicken, Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Wow. Um, and, uh, all, all that while they were playing in 111 degree weather. That's wild. I bet I could eat at least half of those (laughs) Chick-fil-A nuggets, man. I could put some of that away. A little bit of Chick-fil-A sauce, make it go down easier. Chick-fil-A sauce. There's what's your, is that your favorite? That's my favorite. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm a fan too of the ranch dipped in Buffalo. Buffalo ranch combination. It's kind of weird. It's good. (laughs) <laughs> the sriracha is also good, and the Polynesian sauce. Yeah, Brittany likes the Polynesian. I, I just don't get that. <laughs> Chick-fil-A sauce, though, that's that's, I could drink that's some Chick-fil-A clutch sauce. stuff. Although, so one time in high school, uh, we had to do this project where you had to track everything you ate and record the <laughs> macronutrients. <laughs> no. Okay? So how much fat, protein, carbohydrates, all the, all the other stuff. Okay? And j- just so happened that the 48 hours or whatever that, that happened, I, we went, I went to Chick-fil-A for whatever reason. And I was a high school football player, and so I ate, like, two combo meals, right? Like, that was sort of standard. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I knew it was going to be a lot of calories. But in the course of two combo meals, I think I used maybe four or five of those Chick-fil-A packets. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how many or how many calories are in one of those packets, but I remember that my meal came out to 750 calories just from the sauce. The sauce, yeah. Just from the sauce, plus two chicken uh, sandwiches and two fries. You like a chicken sandwich with your sauce is how you'd say that. I, I guess. guess, but yeah. I yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that was only like three or four, and they're just, because that's a pretty rich sauce. Oh, man, know? it is pretty rich. And the other thing I'm a little nervous about seeing these boys yesterday is I remember the time when my parents or grandparents would take me to McDonald's oh. and there was a season where I would just have a burger and that would do it. But then I got, it was like a flip sh- uh, switched and all of a sudden I need to like three burgers mm-hmm. uh, to fill me up. And that probably wasn't a fun time for my, my parents' <laughs> wallet. No, no, certainly not. Um, so there, there is an excellent example of hospitality. Let's talk about it in a little bit more serious tone. When, when we talk about hospitality as a spiritual discipline, what is this? What are we talking about? Yeah, traditionally, uh, the spiritual discipline of service is the thing that would automatically come to mind. Um, but hospitality is really uh, a form of service. And hospitality does make it into the list of some traditional spiritual disciplines. And um, you see it time and time again in the scriptures, the, this practice or idea of hospitality. Sometimes you do see it listed as a gift that people have. And I do think that some are particularly gifted towards hospitality, mm-hmm. but all Christians are called to hospitality. And it really is an activity that we can engage in that not only blesses other people, but also brings great blessing to our own hearts and souls and conforms us more into the image of Jesus as we do it. We'll talk about that as we go on tonight. Um, but uh, with all those things in mind, I think we can rightfully um, with some caveats and nuance, call it a spiritual discipline. Um, and the other thing I, I'll say right off the bat is it's fun to talk about because we haven't been able to engage in it for mm-hmm. you know six to eight weeks. 
And so um, it's one of the core values of our church, actually, hospitality, the fourth core value. Um, and um, it's just something that we've lost a lot of momentum with because we've been stuck at home, um, away from work, away from church in a lot of ways, away from uh, just community and folks' homes. What, so. But what is it, though? Because w- yep. when I think of hospitality, like what comes to my mind is <clears throat> sort of, uh, stereotypical Southern hospitality, like sweet tea and fried chicken. <laughs> yes. um, uh, I, I know that I know that sort of the you know provision of food for guests is yeah. probably a part of hospitality, but uh-huh. it would be reductionist to yeah. just say that that every time someone comes over to your house, you make them fried chicken. Yeah, I think of the hospitality tent, you know, that you see. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, this is the hospitality tent, <laughs> and usually all it is is like pretzels and orange <laughs> juice or something. <laughs> the USA hospitality tent yeah. at the UTSA football game. Yeah. Um, We've got our magnet on our refrigerator, uh, and it says, hospitality is making people feel at home even when you wish they were. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not the best definition of hospitality, Um, definitely not the biblical definition of hospitality. So what does the Bible uh, mean when it uses that word? Um, It's actually a Greek word. Uh, Anytime you see the English word hospitality in the New Testament, it's the translation for a Greek word, philo Sinos. And so it's a compound word meaning love of strangers. Mm. It's the love of strangers. And uh, in other words, um, it's being fond of guests, uh, those that you don't know. It's being given to welcoming the stranger in your midst. And um, a more technical definition of hospitality might be a practice whereby believers, out of love for Christ who has welcomed them, open their homes and churches to provide welcome to strangers. And so that's what we're talking about when we uh, talk about hospitality. And it's a practice given by God to the church um, through which outsiders are welcomed into God's family. And there's a lot of um, ramifications for this. Um, Hospitality is crucial for the Christian church because by engaging those who are different, from us, those that we don't yet know, who might not have anything else in common with us, it's really a picture of the gospel. It's a declaration uh, that we are doing something different, uh, that we're a community unlike anything else on offer in this world, a community that welcomes the stranger. Um, I mean, if you think about it, almost every other affinity group um, has something that you have in common, Mm -hmm. you know, like a book club or a political group or um, certain socioeconomic, you know, country clubs that mm-hmm. you might join. And the church basically is an institution that wipes all of those things away. And the thing that binds us together is Christ himself. And so that's what we're centered around. But that leaves a lot of room open for different political views, for different socioeconomic classes to be involved, for men and women, different races and, and ethnicities to be involved, um, different preferences to be involved in the church. And so hospitality really challenges the prevailing notions in our culture concerning who's in and who's out. Mm -hmm. Um, By opening our church and in our homes primarily is what we're talking about tonight, Um, not only to those who are like us, but to those who are unlike us, we provide a visible picture of the new community that God wants to create in his church. And so in its simplest form, it's really uh, proclaiming with open doors that anyone is welcome in the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's what hospitality is, and it's really countercultural. Mm-hmm. So, so would it be fair to say that, practically speaking, it is? I'm not trying to r- reduce what you're saying too much, but 
practically speaking, it's just a, a general friendliness, but with the emphasis that it's it's towards um, everyone, especially the stranger, whether that's a guest at church or someone who's just totally different from you. That's right. Friendliness. Um, you could uh, warmth. Um, I, I like the word warmth uh, mm. when I think about our church and even our home. You can think about adjectives like if a stranger were to come to your home, what would you like them to experience? Mm. How would you show them the love of God? Um, and, you know, you might, you might use beauty, um, warmth. Um, you might use joy. Uh, a haven um, mm-hmm. that that would be hospitality, and we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into how we do it. Yeah. Um, but I think that just generally speaking, hospitality, biblically speaking, is love of stranger, and it can be really compelling to a watching world if a church does it well. Sure. Um, in fact, you could you could say that we want the church to be a place that you can belong before you believe. Mm. That would be a good good kind of litmus test that we're doing this well, that you can come and belong in our community um, while you process the truth claims of Christ. Now, obviously, you don't have the same access in our community uh, because you would you know, not be uh, permitted at the Lord's Supper, for instance, but you likely wouldn't want to be permitted mm-hmm. at that point. But you'd come knowing, I, I'm welcome in this place. Uh, I'm in a, in a group of people that love me, um, and they want to process with me. So. Um, as we think about hospitality, too, you got to think it conflicts with a number of different contemporary values that we have. It's interesting to think about these days, we have hotels and restaurants that take care of hospitality for us. That was not the case. And, it's called the hospitality industry. It's the hospitality industry. But in the medieval ages and before, if you were traveling from one city or town to the next, you would be looking for a steeple in the air, mm. and that's where you would go to receive hospitality. You'd go to the church. Now, with restaurants and hotels, which are great things, I mean, obviously, we wouldn't throw those under the bus. It's really relieved the church of some of those essential activities that it was always involved in from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's that's an interesting thought to think about. If you were a traveler in the Middle, middle Ages, you'd be looking for a steeple on the horizon. Yeah. So, so how do we participate in this, or how do we pursue this spiritual discipline? Because you talked about it being a gift, and I, I know that it's not necessarily one that, that comes to me very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have the gift of hospitality. I have the gift of, please leave by 830, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, uh, yes. how, but you said everyone is called to it, so how, how do we pursue? How do you pursue? get people to do that, Jake? <laughs> you put a sign up, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, uh, just it, was start, good. it was good to see you. Yeah. you know, like, <laughs> just start turning lights off, you know. <laughs> I start washing dishes. <laughs> That's the assignment. It's time to go home, people. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you're right. And I, I mean, sometimes, I mean, my wife is hospitable. Um, in fact, if it weren't for her, we probably wouldn't have as many people in our home as we do. And she really stretches me in a lot of ways. Uh, but when we think about how to do hospitality, there's some things to keep in mind about how to do it and what to expect. And the first is is not fun to talk about, but uh, prepare to be inconvenienced mm. uh, in some ways. Uh, we ought not to expect that the Christian uh, hospitality that we offer others is going to be easy um, because following Jesus just isn't easy a lot of times. And if you think about Jesus offering us hospitality, uh, I laugh thinking about it. It wasn't easy for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very difficult. 
So we can't really approach hospitality as something that we'll do when it's convenient for us. Um, If someone shows up at our door, that's when we practice hospitality. Now, obviously, we would we typically think of dinner parties um, and things like that, but true hospitality will likely cost us in effort and time uh, and attention. Um, it'll cost comfort. I mean, just think of uh, the uncomfort that comes with awkward silences mm-hmm. uh, over dinner um, or with people that you don't necessarily have anything in common with. It may cost us our respectability. It did Jesus. Because the folks that he practiced hospitality with were not seen as the up and up of society. In fact, he was attracted more often than not to the down and out. So our guests all won't always like what we have to say. Um, they all, all they won't always find our homes immaculate. This is an important aspect of hospitality. It's not that our house has to look like a, a you know um, a garden and gun magazine you know spread or a, a southern living type magazine spread. Did you just mix um, up guns and ammo and? And home and garden, and okay. call it garden and gun. That's actually a, a magazine, I believe. It's a it's, what? It's a, yeah, yeah, garden and gun. Okay, um, continue. Okay. Apologies, <laughs> apologies for that. But I thought that was the greatest slip ever. No, so. it's not. I actually think that's a periodical that you can subscribe to, Jacob. It might it might meet your needs and your wife's that's, at the same time. So. <laughs> 10 tips to pruning your tomatoes and how to clean an yeah. AR-15. And, hey, we've got a fact checker here, by the way. Guillermo's on the scene, and he is making sure that Garden and Gun is, is, is really uh, a publication that you could subscribe to. G, can you get... Uh, he is nodding okay, his head. Apparently, that's a, that's a real and thing. So, um, Garden and Gun, people, and this, this podcast is brought to you by Garden and <laughs> Gun Magazine. <laughs> but all that to say, wow, okay. it's, it's a beautiful magazine. That's why yeah. I'm using it. Um, your your house doesn't have to look like a garden and gun spread. Sure, um, it can it can be messy. Um, it's hard for a lot of us to embrace that. But a lot of the best hospitality happens. Uh, there's a difference between hospitality and entertaining. Mm. If our house looks like a garden and gun magazine photo spread, we are entertaining. Um, if we don't uh, necessarily feel the need to clean up, we're we're exercising sure. hospitality. I I feel like you're painting the scenario that. Almost none of us are ever going to find ourselves in where some drifter shows up at our front door and we offer them, you know, a bowl of stew and a yeah and a (laughs) and a a place to sleep in the barn or something. Yeah, but that that's not really practical. So how do we in suburban America practice this? Because yep, you know that just doesn't happen. Well, I thought you were going to say it's not practical not to clean up your house because (laughs) (laughs) that's me. I'm like, yeah, our house normally does look pretty good when guests come over because I work hard to make it look that way, and I need to relieve myself of that pressure. But um, all that to say, it looks like uh, inviting people over in our context. Um, Maybe you meet somebody at church for the first time or the second time, give them a little chance to be anonymous that first week. But if they come back, we'd love to have you over for lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that some folks in the past have had crock pot meals at home on Sunday, and they have enough where they are able to invite a family or two to come back home with them. Mm -hmm. That's a very practical way that you can do it. Um, but generally speaking, I think it looks like inviting neighbors, like those that live directly next to you or across from you, uh, over for dinner. Um, and normally you put it on the calendar, mm-hmm. and they come over at a set time and leave by 8.30 apparently <laughs> at your house. Um, and, uh, there's no nightcap happening at the McCandless's. Um, but, uh, but that's generally how it would happen. And I'd encourage folks uh, to prepare to be simple. Like I said, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. And then prepare to just be curious, mm-hmm. uh, to, to self-disclose to your guest 
but also to ask questions. Um, I once heard somebody say that being listened to feels a lot like being loved. Mm. And I think that's really true. And so if you have somebody in your home at your table and you're simply curious about their life and you're listening to them um, and attentively listening and engaging, that feels like love to most people. Mm -hmm. And so it it doesn't take a lot um, in order to have somebody in your home and just get to know them and be curious. So hospitality, it's really crucial for the Christian church, um, welcoming those who are different than us. And um, yeah. So, so, so who should be then the targets of our hospitality? Who, who, who's on the receiving end of this discipline? You talked about, yep. you know, our neighbors and, and is it really limited to, is it limited to people that we don't know? Because we talked a lot about strangers. Yeah, uh, this is where we can kind of talk about the Bible a little bit, I think, and, and dive into a few passages, although I know that we're on a, um, we are on a time uh, crunch, but uh, during the ministry of Jesus, uh, he touched on this question lots of times. Who do you have into your house? Who do you show hospitality to? And one such instance is found in Luke 14, verses 12 to 14, where Jesus says, he said also to the man who had invited him, he was at a dinner guest, when you, have, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. And so I think practically for us what that looks like is we're inviting people that we don't normally gravitate towards. We're inviting that person that we might not agree with politically at church because they're our brother or sister in Christ. We're inviting that awkward person, which is normally us, to be honest. You know, if we get invited somewhere, uh, people are showing mercy to us, I suppose. Um, But you're inviting that person that you wouldn't normally gravitate towards, that person that doesn't give you any sort of social cachet, so Mm. to speak. I'm always uh, struck by the fact that when we have people over to our house, a lot of times when they leave, they're like, well, we want to have you over to our house and return the favor. Mm -hmm. And I I, I love that sentiment. I think it comes from a really pure place. Um, But this is what Jesus is talking about. Don't invite people over just to get invited back to their house. And so um, it's okay. Hey, come to my house. We don't expect an invitation in Mm -hmm. return. Um, That's what hospitality would be. So if we're following Jesus' example of hospitality, we'll be hospitable to those who are lonely, lowly positions, uh, and not in places of importance. Um, And as a church, we'll be seeking to welcome those who aren't in the inner ring, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll be looking for the weak, the bored, the struggling, um, the disconnected. And as we see these people fill up our church, but then also come into our homes um, we won't count it as a failure, but a huge success. Yeah. And so um, we also want to be hospitable to those who are members of our church community too, though, not just those who might visit. Um, but one helpful way to think about this is to think in terms of being covenantally and missionally hospitable. So we can be missionally hospitable with our neighbors and our friends that aren't in the church, and we can be covenantally hospitable with those in the covenant family of God's people. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be thinking about both. It's nurture and reaching. And so um, we're covenantly bound to the members of Trinity Grace, and we're missionally bound to those who are not yet part of the community. Sure. So let, let me ask you a little bit of an aside question, but um, there will be times when, when we will be on the receiving end of this 
spiritual discipline from mm-hmm. another person. So what does it look like to be a, um, uh, I don't know, just a, a, a generous and humble recipient of someone else's hospitality? Sometimes the hardest part for us that have a little bit of means is to be on the receiving end of this gift. And I, I think that, you know, what what is a good guest to look like? Um, this is a little bit more opinion, I guess, than biblical yeah. um, mandate. There's and, a lot of just like general manners that <laughs> I guess that come into these sort of conversations yep. that we don't often talk about or teach anymore. Sure. Uh, the thing I've got this quote here from C.S. Lewis, and I think it, it works both ways. Um, he talks about uh, being curious and being humble, mm-hmm. and I think humility is is an attractive characteristic when it comes to hospitality, and it's also biblical. And uh, this is just a famous quote from uh, Lewis's book, uh, Mere Christianity. He says, "Do not imagine if you meet a really humble man, he'll be what most people call humble nowadays." He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who's always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. Mm. And so I think as a guest, that would be a pretty good posture to have going into someone's home is um, what what can I learn from these folks and, and how can I serve and love them even as I'm being served and loved by them? with my joy, with my humility, with my curiosity, um, reciprocated uh, with theirs. Sure. So, um, yeah. So why should we pursue this discipline of hospitality? Um, Well, there's a few reasons. Uh, Because our culture needs it. Um, There is uh, a book um, written by Christine Pohl on hospitality, and um, she says this in the book. She says, We, like the early church, find ourselves in a fragmented and multicultural society that yearns for relationships, identity, and meaning. Our mobile and self-oriented society is characterized by disturbing levels of loneliness, alienation, and estrangement. And so we practice hospitality because the world needs it. In fact, I heard a story recently of a neighbor who was moving out of his house, and he'd lived there for five years. He went and told his neighbor that he was moving. I might have shared this before at one TGC midweek. Um, But he told his neighbor that he was moving, and he didn't even know his neighbor's name after Mm. five years. And he said, hey, I'm moving, and my name's John, and what's your name? And getting (laughs) to know each other. And his neighbor lamented the fact that he was moving because he said, you've been the best neighbor I've ever had. Mm. And I think that's just a picture into suburbia yeah. in some ways. You're a great neighbor. If you stay out of my way, I don't know who you are and you don't bother me. But all the while, we're just lonely, um, searching for a relationship. And so, I mean, you think about all the folks that are in church and in our area, uh, the divorced, uh, the single parents, those that are experiencing job transitions, the military. You've got students in our church and hopefully more to come. We want to be a church that's anchored at UTSA. Um, you've got folks that are away from their nuclear families, and the list could go on. As in a church, we get a chance to serve and love our neighbors with something they desperately need, belonging, community, family. Um, we also do it because it's consistent with our experience of the gospel. If you think about it, Exodus 23 verse 9 says, You shall not oppress a stranger. You know the heart of a stranger, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. And so we welcome others as God and Christ has welcomed us. Um, In fact, Old Testament believers, if you read the Old Testament, 
they were constantly warned about treating sojourners in their land with disrespect. Mm -hmm. They were to welcome the sojourner. Why? Because the Lord always uh, follows the Lord always follows those commandments with the reminder that they themselves were once exiles and sojourners themselves. Mm -hmm. And so God's people have been exiles for so much of our existence, and we've consistently been a people that show hospitality to others because we've received it from God. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's not just about our experience, though. We also do hospitality because we receive blessing by being hospitable. Often we think we're doing the serving, but when folks leave— it actually, you, you look at your wife or you look at your husband, and you're like, wow, that was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt served by being in their presence and by serving others. And so um, we love and extend hospitality to others because it's exactly what we've received from God. And by extending it to others, we receive encouragement because in some senses we're being godlike. Mm-hmm. Um, we're following his example. We get the opportunity to extend and express the gospel to others. Um, and then lastly, I'll just say we uh, do hospitality because it's a matter of obedience. Um, it's not optional for Christians. And so God commands us to be hospitable. You see it in Leviticus 19, verse 34. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Romans twelve thirteen says, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 9 um, says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And so uh, it's commanded. But then more than that, it's a qualification for church leadership. And so if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, you've got a list of characteristics that uh, an elder is supposed to demonstrate. And uh, here's, here's 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. Therefore, an elder must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Mm. So hospitality is so important that it's listed as a qualification for leaders of the church. And so hospitality provides a context in which to practice many other Christian virtues like love, patience, kindness, generosity. And if God's leaders are called to practice it, it just means that God's people as a whole are called to do that as well. And then Lastly, it's a service to Christ. And so by serving others, we're serving Jesus. You, you know that passage in the Gospels where uh, he says, uh, you served me, and uh, we say, or you gave me a cup of water, and, and we'll respond, Lord, when did we give you that mm-hmm. cup of water? And Jesus says, whenever you served somebody or received somebody in my name, you were serving me. Mm-hmm. And so there's an aspect of us serving Jesus in our hospitality. Sure. Well, I think that's a great place to to wrap it up for the evening. Folks, if you've got questions about hospitality or any of these other spiritual disciplines, we encourage you to send those questions to the email address, questions at trinitygracesa.org. Michael and I would love to take a stab at those at a future episode. We appreciate you tuning in to this edition of TGC Midweek, and until next time, we'll see you later.